Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about a legal case that has activists up in arms and why, once more, believing all women just because they're women, regardless of what any evidence might say, is perhaps not the best policy. But before we get into that, I do have a quick message from our awesome sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned and operated premium small batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America. They import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast to order their coffees for you after you place an order to ensure that you receive the freshest coffee available. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties and they also have many roasts available for purchase in single serve coffee rounds. And if you're someone who has a bit of a sweet tooth, don't forget that Black Rifle Coffee Company also has Combat Cocoa, the cutest hot chocolate there is. The best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. You choose the amount and blends that you crave and they offer it to you at a special discounted price ship-free directly to your home or office every month. So wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash Lauren. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Lauren and enter the discount code Lauren to receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including Black Rifle Coffee Club. So the other day on social media, a rape case was trending that sounded so unjust, so just wrong, that I almost couldn't believe what I was seeing. As this one user tweeted, quote, incredibly awful, unjust, and abhorrent. A British teen could face up to a year in jail. Her crime? Reporting she'd been gang-raped, with clear evidence and a video. The 12 men guilty? Released after 10 days without charge. Utterly disgusting. Hashtag, I believe her. As soon as I read that, I was completely indignant. I mean, I really didn't know anything else about the case, but I mean, if what that person was saying was true, that a woman was being sent to jail just for reporting that she had been gang raped, and there was actually video footage of the crime happening, but her rapists were going free. That it's, just, it's unbelievable, a total injustice. And there were so many more tweets about this case and how horrible it was under the hashtag, I believe her. Like in this one viral tweet, this person lamented that, quote, there are videos of the rape, four different male DNA found inside of her, and the police didn't test her clothes for DNA after it happened. The police are trying to hide this to save the tourism industry at the price of a young girl's life absolutely horrific. Hashtag, I believe her. So what exactly is happening here? Well, the social media uproar was largely in response to a piece published by the BBC titled, Aya Napa Britain Found Guilty Over False Rape Claims. In that piece, it's written that, quote, a 19-year-old British woman has been found guilty of lying about being gang raped by Israeli youths in Aya Napa, Cyprus. She had been arrested after withdrawing a claim that she was attacked by 12 young Israelis in a hotel on the 17th of July. The woman had said Cypriot police made her falsely confess to lying about the incident, but police denied this. She was found guilty of a charge of causing public mischief. The judge at the district court adjourned sentencing until the 7th of January. She could face up to a year in jail and a 1,500-pound fine, but her lawyers have asked for a suspended sentence. Lawyer Michael Polak, director of Justice Abroad, which is assisting the woman, told BBC News that there were a number of bases for appealing the decision. He said those reasons included the court relying on a retraction statement, which was given when no lawyer or translator was present, which he said was a breach of European human rights law. He also criticized 
criticized the handling of the case by the judge, who he said refused to hear any evidence about whether the alleged rape took place. Prosecutors said the woman willingly wrote and signed a statement, retracting her claims 10 days after making the initial allegations. The woman told the court this happened under duress with the threat of arrest and that she had been denied access to a lawyer. Now, since this story got all of this attention, a GoFundMe for the teen's legal defense and appeals process has raised over 125,000 pounds, and people online have been quick to turn this into an example of a misogynistic legal system intent on victim blaming. As one user wrote, this is absolutely abhorrent. Do the Cypriot courts really think that strong women and men who want to oppose misogynistic systems in 2019 would turn a blind eye? They were wrong. We are standing by her. Hashtag boycott Cyprus. Hashtag I believe her. As another user wrote, we are standing back and watching as a young woman is at risk of being jailed for the crime of reporting her gang rape. Don't ever ask, why don't women report rape again? The actual details of this story are horrific, dripping in misogyny and a patriarchal judicial system that believes leaves men above their victims. Solidarity with this poor woman who withdrew her accusation after nine hours of questioning without a lawyer present. And finally, in another post, someone lamented, injuries consistent with rape, filmed, nine hours questioning, confessed under duress, and we wonder why victims don't report. Hashtag, I believe her. Obviously, this is a very sensitive issue, and I am fully aware that even simply by talking about this case in the ways that I am about to, I might end up in trouble, but I feel like I needed to make a video about this because people seem to be straight up lying about the details of what happened here, and ultimately, I am not going to say whether this teen was or was not assaulted because... I wasn't there, and I do believe that an appeals process like her team is going to pursue is an important part of any legal system, so hopefully the truth, whatever it may be, will come out eventually, but so many activists are just full-on making stuff up about what has happened here that I felt like somebody needed to get the facts straight. And it's interesting because as publicized as this case is right now, the actual details of the case seem pretty hard to find, and strangely enough, one of the more in-depth rundowns actually comes from the Daily Mail. But in any case, they report that, quote, the teenager insisted she was assaulted in the early hours of July 17th at a budget hotel where she was living while working in the resort of Aya Napa, known for its raucous nightlife. She had begun a holiday romance with a 21-year-old Israeli called Sam who was staying at the Pambos Napa Rocks Hotel with a group of friends. The court heard she had had sex with Sam on two nights prior to the attack when his friends were in the room and filmed them on their phones. On the third night they met, she claimed the same group of men, aged 15 to 22, burst into the room, held her down, and raped her. She ran semi-naked to friends who took her to a medical center at the hotel. Staff called police and she described in harrowing detail how she had been repeatedly raped. Police swooped in on the hotel and arrested a dozen Israelis who had been named by Sam as being in his room. DNA tests showed three of the men had some sexual contact with her, but they all claimed it had been consensual. Police seized their mobile phones and discovered several had filmed the woman having sex with her holiday fling. Okay, so let's stop here for a second. First off, the first piece of misinformation let's just get rid of is the idea that there is video footage of a gang rape taking place that police and the courts are just ignoring. 
That's not what happened at all. There is video footage out there, but it is of the teen having consensual sex with somebody. And police actually believe that this video footage was taken without the teen's knowledge or consent. And they also think that these rape allegations were actually this teen's way of getting back at the Israelis for taking those videos of her without her knowing. And again, I'm not trying to say that any assault did or did not happen. It's just that the idea that there is footage of a gang rape out there that the police have but that they've still let the rapists free, that's that's not what's happened. And another detail that people are drawing attention to is, of course, the fact that DNA from three different men were found on this woman. And again, and I will probably say this a heck of a lot more throughout the course of this video, but I do not know what did or did not happen in this hotel room. But what people need to realize is that even by this woman's own omission, the day before she was attacked, she was having consensual sex with her paramour, while these other men were in the same room as them, which is strange. These men say that any sexual contact they did have with this woman was consensual, and I don't know. It just sounds like there were strange things happening in this hotel room even before any instance of an attack did or did not happen. One of the clearer descriptions of what may or may not have happened actually comes from the Times of Israel, which last summer reported that, quote, 12 Israelis were arrested in the resort town of Ayanapa last week on suspicion that they took part in the gang rape of the 19-year-old British tourist. Some have reportedly admitted to having consensual sex with the woman, while others are thought to have possibly just been present in the room at the time. The reason why I bring this up isn't to make anyone uncomfortable, it's just that people are saying there is DNA evidence that this rape occurred, which is not accurate either. There is DNA evidence that sex occurred. But that's it. And the rest of the Daily Mail article also goes into detail about why police might have been suspicious about the alleged attack even before the retraction. It's written that the police, quote, had also become suspicious about the teen's story after staff at a five-star hotel where she moved to after the alleged attack described how they saw her jumping on the bed with two friends because they were so happy with their luxury accommodation. And when they went to collect her for further interviews, she was lounging by the swimming pool. She did not seem like a woman who had only a day previously been raped by 12 men, said a police source. Of course, every person reacts differently to traumatic events, but this just seemed to be unusual behavior. She just did not fit the picture of a typical person who had been raped, let alone raped by so many people. Police released five of the suspects a week after the incident, saying they found no evidence that they had been present. One of the Israelis was able to provide a selfie he had taken at the time of the attack, showing he was in bed with his girlfriend. The woman was called into the Ayanapa police headquarters for further questioning, where detectives said she voluntarily admitted lying about the rape. The seven remaining Israelis were released without charge and flew home where they were given a hero's welcome by family and friends. And the article finally concludes that a veteran police doctor who examined her said he could find no visible signs of rape or violence. For the 10th time, I am not here to say that an attack did or did not happen. I don't know. I wasn't there. But what I just don't understand is why almost none of the outlets talking about this case are mentioning some of these issues that police saw with these allegations before the retraction even came up. And people have been very quick to bring up the fact that the defense's pathologist is confident that rape did happen, but they failed to mention that the state's medical examiner disagrees with that assessment. In fact, there was an entire part of the trial dedicated to discussing how the medical examiners disagreed with each other about what happened. As the Cypress Mail and literally no one else has reported, quote, state pathologist Sophocles Sophocleus 
had told the district court last week that a British teenager who claimed she was raped by a group of young Israeli tourists in Ayanapa in July bore no physical signs consistent with a serious sexual assault. Marios Matsakis, who was testifying for the defense, said that he disagreed with Sophocles, who recorded only a few light bruises on the young woman's thighs and scratches on her legs that were not consistent with gang rape. Once more, I do not know what happened in that hotel room. Nobody does except for the people who were there. But I just don't understand what could possibly be gained from ignoring the realities of this case. For example, we've been hearing a lot about how the recanted statement from the teen only came after like eight hours of interrogation without the presence of her lawyer, which I do believe is very strange and is one of the reasons why I'm like, sure, appeal the thing, but we don't really hear people talking about the other details surrounding their retraction statement, like how, according to The Guardian, it took about 10 days after she had issued her retraction for the teen to then reject it. According to this timeline put together by The Guardian, on Saturday the 27th of July, quote, the teenager was asked to come into a police station to give another statement. After doing so willingly, her defense said, she was then accused of lying about the allegations. After about eight hours of questioning without a lawyer, she signed a retraction and was formally charged at 2.30 a.m. with giving a false statement over an imaginary offense. But it wasn't until almost a full 10 days later, on Tuesday the 6th of August, that, quote, the student rejected her retraction statement, saying she was forced to produce it by the police. Frankly, that's quite a delayed rejection, and honestly, if the statement had been made under duress, I would have probably expected her to say something about it, maybe sooner. And I think it's also relevant to note that after she rejected the statement, again, according to The Guardian, quote, the following day, her lawyer requested he be relieved of his duties, citing serious disagreement with his client. A more cynical person might be inclined to say that perhaps the teen recanted her allegations before she knew she'd actually be charged with making a false report. Maybe she thought she'd just be able to leave, no harm, no foul kind of thing, but when she realized she might actually do prison time for lying, that's when she flip-flopped and said, no, actually, I, I was telling the truth. Now, I'm not saying that's actually what happened, but at the very least, it does seem like a possibility, so I, I don't know why it's being ignored so entirely. It's almost like media outlets have pretty much agreed to not report on anything potentially harmful to the teen's case. And I know there are some people who are gonna say this video is victim blaming or something like that, but it's really not my intention. This video isn't even meant as an indictment against this teenage girl, if anything. It's meant as one against these online activists who have either purposefully lied about the details surrounding the case or who have just bought into the online outrage without bothering to look up the details of what actually happened for themselves. And clearly the whole hashtag believe women thing continues to be an emotional topic for people, but we should never become so emotionally invested in a case that we stop looking at things like, I don't know, evidence? Wanting to look at a case objectively before you jump to conclusions doesn't make you pro-rape, it just means you're pro-due process. In any case, there's still just so much information about this case, including the actual retraction statement that I just couldn't find online. It seems like the press is more interested in the catchy headlines than they are the 
the actual evidence because they really haven't bothered reporting on it much either way, but sentencing for the case happens on the 7th and this girl's legal team will be appealing the verdict, so I guess before I go, I would love to know what you guys think about all of this. Are you inclined to believe the teen's allegations, why or why not, and do you think the hashtag I believe her movement thing is being used well here? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.